What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience. The podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson. And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Today, we have a very beautiful guest, very special guest, very funny guest, one of my most favorite guests. His name's Jeffrey Haycock. What's up, Jeff? Welcome to the show, bro. What's going on, guys? Glad to be here. Yeah. Have, have you been called beautiful before? That uh, was an interesting adjective multiple, that Dallas used. Yeah, multiple <laughs> times by Dallas. <laughs> okay. But Strictly on business hours as well. I think somebody else one time called me beautiful in front of Dallas. He, he seemed to get kind of angry about that. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was your mom or something. <laughs> It's only one other person in my life let me call beautiful, and that's my mom. Yeah. Hey, mom. I don't think she ever has, no. <laughs> you got any messages for your mom if she's listening right now? Hey, mom. <laughs> what are you doing? So it's going to be hard to keep this episode super serious because we all know each other very well, and uh, it doesn't have to be super serious. Yeah, and we have I, plenty of serious yeah, episodes. Yeah, and I like that. I like that about Jeff, and I like that about us. But I did want to say a couple things about Jeff. Jeff's been working at Elevate for, what, five, six years now? Yeah, coming, I think, five and a half years. Coming in hot yeah. on six. Yeah, coming in, coming hot, in on, hot on six. On six and, years. Uh, while Jeff's been here, he's done a, bu- a bunch of different jobs. Actually, not really. Two. I think two or three. Two yeah, or three? Or yeah, I mean, mainly one, but I've definitely, <laughs> Jeff's I've definitely done about jumped everything. around. They've, you know, <laughs> if I'm needed in another area to do something, I think... You know, I've done it. So I think that's true too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and you've also held the position of a house dad to some yeah. degree. That's so a that's, that's a, a position a, in itself. Exactly. Been, in addition to your other positions. Been house dad for, for trainees, staff and clients. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's a good segue for our uh, listeners. What is a house dad? What well, does that mean? <laughs> I mean basically, you know, the, the responsibilities of a house dad in regards to you know early staff or, or trainees is just kind of making sure they stay in line, you know, hang out with them, um, you know, that they're home on time, that they're responsible within the house, that they do their chores and they keep their, their personal area neat and clean. Um, I'd say for the clients, it, it's the same. However, you know, they're not allowed to go out. They can't. A little more security. Yeah, a little bit thing, more yeah. security, you know, kind of, a, you know, when I'm a house dad at a client house, I just kind of want to make sure that these guys have a place to unwind, mm-hmm. you know, a, a safe environment that they can kind of just relax, play some video games, watch some TV, and just take it easy. Just kind of um, chill. Yeah, yeah. Just, I like that. I like that. Definitely sort of a mentor role because it's not like when you leave uh, or they leave for the day, like, oh, okay, now I don't have to think about that anymore. They bring stuff home with them. There's, there's times where you need to talk people through things or be a sounding board or be that person, that sure. mentor for them. Sure, definitely. Um, you know, there there are times that there are different processes throughout the program that are a little bit more difficult for mm-hmm. clients than, than other processes. And sometimes these guys will come home, you know, and they may be upset over just what the day brought them, you know. And yeah, um, as, as house dads, you know, we like to lend an ear mm-hmm. and just kind of let them, you know, say what they need to say and, and if they need some advice I'll, I'll throw it their way otherwise you know just kind of be an ear for them to talk talk to yeah you said house dads plural well yeah there's generally two of us yeah <laughs> it's a two there's two, two person of us. job <laughs> two persons yeah on site 
majority of the time. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of runs into to schedule. So 100%. yeah, I work an early schedule, so I'm gone an hour before the guys, the clients at the house leave. So generally whoever I share the house with, uh, the responsibilities, they're there with the guys until they leave. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah and I guess so for the audience, we have, uh, we have some clients that live off campus, get brought into the program, get brought home. They live uh, at an off-campus house, off-site house, I guess would be a better way to put that. And it's essentially like sober living, you know, except mm. for they do treatment. It's like IOP, yeah. right? Intensive outpatient, exactly. but it's every day. It's like the most intensive outpatient you could do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of introducing a little bit of, of you know, how are you going to go about your day when you get home from work once you're out mm-hmm. of the program? You know, and some of these guys, they'll come home and they just want to kick their shoes off and, and play video games. And then, you know, you'll have other guys that are really into it and, and strict into keeping a schedule for themselves. Right. And they'll jump into, you know, we got a gym in the garage and they'll jump into working out and, you know, cooking something healthy and taking yeah. a shower and just yeah. going to bed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would say too, in, in, in my treatment program in being in treatment, I was in the off-campus houses too, and it was like probably the most beneficial part of my program, like kind of the part that you said of like unwinding, you know, I think um, being able, and it's it's, what, you can have six people in the house max, you know, so it's like a house to yourself with six people and two staff members, it's a little bit more quiet, you get the phone to yourself, you don't have to share the phone with 40 people. You know, um, but I liked the atmosphere of like having kind of a smaller group, kind of feeling like I got to go home. And it also like I think the biggest perk is in the morning getting ready to go to rehab. Basically, that is like the feeling you wake up with. And it almost made going to the center, going to the facility like your job. Like it made me yeah. feel like getting sober was my job throughout the day. Absolutely. And when I got home, then I got to just relax What normal people would do after a hard day of work but i felt it helped me take the program more serious like taking sobriety more serious like i had a a nine to five on on figuring out why i like to use drugs and uh hurt my family and hurt my friends you know so i think that's to me like the most beneficial role or at least that was the most beneficial part that i experienced of being off campus and i will say that my house dad back in the day would let me skateboard. So I got to skateboard. I had like a little extra perk. Oh, you know? yeah. We'd go skateboard yeah. sometimes, like on the street, you know, nowhere far. But that was cool. We had a ping pong table. So that was cool. I'd play ping pong all day or all night. I'd work out all night and I'd skateboard. I'd carpet skateboard for the most part, too. And uh, one time I put a hole in the wall and I tried to fix it with my toothpaste. I was like, dude, we, <laughs> what am I going to do, you know? And the board slipped out, put a hole in the wall, and me and my roommate, we literally la- like layered toothpaste over the hole. Oh, man. <laughs> How'd that yeah. work out? Layer, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then like two weeks later, I think uh, Pedro, you guys all know Pedro. Oh, like, oh, yeah. He's like, guys, where'd this hole come from? And me and my roommate just kind of played dumb, you know? Oh, and dude. They somehow pawned it on like some other client from like a year ago. And Pedro thought he missed this hole in the wall for like a year. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even though I put toothpaste on it like two weeks ago. So that was kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean that that <laughs> he was very trusting. Yeah, yeah that kind was of very stuff trusting. Happened. And I was very manipulative. <laughs> it went both ways. No, that's a good that's a good way to look at it though, you know, just kinda like this is your job. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is this is my house, and this that's what I tell these guys that you know are living in my house, the off-campus house. Is is this is your spot? This is your house. You know what I mean? For the most part, it's your responsibility to keep it up, keep it clean. You know, and it's where I want you to be able to relax. And and if you got anything that you need, come to me. I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, and that's what it's all about. Is is what we're doing during the day that's our our sole purpose and this is just where we come to to hang out relax yeah you know, dude. chill yeah so i guess the question i had for you too jeff is like the main role that you've held to elevate is being what the director of the detox facility what what is the title uh it's the detox supervisor detox supervisor yeah, yeah that sounds supervisor way of detox supervising the detox so you get to meet everybody anyone that comes in the program has to detox first yeah. so you get to start this rapport from the very beginning i'm sure people are excited to get into the house that you supervise like have you seen you knowing them from detox be beneficial and helping them through their program once they come down and are living in your house you know, yeah, sure. There's definitely times where I start to build a rapport with yeah, a client yeah, yeah. when they're up in detox, you know, and and I may have an impact on making them feel more comfortable mm-hmm. about just approaching the process of treatment if they're unfamiliar with it, you know, and they yeah. kind of, you know, they do, you know, get a place in their heart for you where they want sure. you to kind of be there throughout the yeah. whole process. Yeah. So so moving forward, they're like, hey, can I, can I, you know, sign up to be in your house? What do I got to mm-hmm. do? You know, and that's cool. I like that when that happens. Uh, we recently just had a guy who had a pretty pretty decent impact on nice um, through his program, a pretty extensive program, the the length of it. Yeah. Um, and went into my house, you know, and and we'd hang out and we'd talk and chit chat just about life. And and he completed his program not too long ago, you know, and and just to give the guy a hug and say I'm proud of you. I mean, that was yeah. a huge win for me as well. I was about you know, that. That was yeah, kind of my follow up question. It was a huge win. I mean, that's that was a big reminder on on what we're doing here. You know, yeah, what I'm doing, my whole purpose. Yeah, and it makes me think too. Like when you're up in detox, like people detox what five to ten days max. Yeah. Generally. So for you, it's almost like like for me, it was like seventy five days of with one client. You know. Yeah. For the whole thing, but for you, it's kind of a shorter. You got 12 people in the cabin for detox for five to seven days, and then there's 12 more people, and there's five more people, and there's eight more people. So it's a lot more like revolving door. Super revolving door, So for you being able to be at the house, you kind of get that whole program experience, which maybe you didn't always have. Yeah, I mean, you know, when these guys come in, just the progress that you get to see from each individual and Mm -hmm. being somebody that's working alongside them within their first few hours first few days where they you know they can't leave the bed or yeah dude you know they're just a wreck you know and and then coming in early you know showing up to work early um and seeing somebody doing laps that same person that that could barely walk to the bathroom or didn't shower for two days because they didn't have the energy yeah you know now doing laps and then you know saying hey can i come move into your house and Mm -hmm. you know and just kind of building a relationship you know and some of these guys you know, you see where they're at down the road after completing their program and they're killing it, yeah. you know, and that's just, I mean, that's huge. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. Yeah. You know? That's what does it for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You that know? doesn't get old. No, never. <laughs> I mean, going from just being there with them when they're just doing horrible and just watching the progression, that's what it's all about. I mean, that, that is it. 
Yeah. That's my favorite thing. That's the most rewarding. That's the, that's the paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you touched on, I think it's interesting and, and people might not realize this, but um, you talked about, you know, you have to establish rules like make your bed, do your laundry, clean up after yourself. These seem like sort of normal issues, but it's like we literally have to teach people how to be accountable and responsible for not only themselves and their environment. And you sort of have to be an enforcer of that because if left to their own devices, a lot of them would just uh, treat it like a frat house or a bastard pad or something. And and it's almost like we got to gen in this like behavior of taking care of yourself and taking care of your environment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get you get guys that are that way. You know, they come in. Like, military the, or ship oh, yeah. shape. Yeah, just, <laughs> I can think of a few. <laughs> perfect, you know, no creases in the bed, just all that. You get guys that, that come in and they, you know, what do you mean make a bed? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> why, I, is there, why is there four, you know, pieces of fruit next to your bed that look like they've been there for like a week, you know? <laughs> Dirty clothes everywhere, you know? So, I mean, and it's, you got to start somewhere yeah you know and and to be honest with you those guys are my favorite guys to deal with the messy ones oh really yeah because i mean biggest turnaround (laughs) yeah because that's what you're going to get the most out of the guys that come in here and they just run things perfectly you know Mm -hmm. um not saying that they're not getting a ton out of this but when i see people struggling and you know they have a hard time keeping themselves clean um in their their personal area uh you know, that's something that we can see some progression with. You know, when yeah. I see somebody come in and, and they are struggling with emotions and they get upset, you know, and they start crying or they get angry, you know, and we're able to kind of get through that process of whatever got them upset and and do it, you know, with the removal of, of what they're known to run to towards, mm-hmm. you know, with drugs and alcohol and, and get some evidence that they can get through these upsets, you know, without mind-altering substances like to me that's you know that's growth right there oh yeah yeah so so seeing those guys struggling those are my favorite ones yeah well and i think the one common denominator is most addicts and alcoholics don't like being told what to do no (laughs) so if it's not innately inbred in them like the military guys the rest need to be told what to do and they don't like that no and i know other rehabs they'll take care of all these things for them they'll make their beds they'll clean their rooms they'll do all this stuff and so the fact that we don't do this and we kind of got to push them into something that they don't necessarily want to do, you're going to get some of those unwanted emotions for sure. I mean, I, I know I can speak for myself personally as well. I mean, you talk about other rehabs. I've been to a couple before. One of them that I went to was uh, the Betty Ford Center in nice. Palm Springs. Yeah. And, you know. We were just talking about how much we hate Palm Springs earlier yeah, dude, before I, the show. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that place is, I feel claustrophobic when I'm in Palm yeah, Springs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just saying it's super hot. Yeah, just so hot and there's no, like, water anywhere. <laughs> yeah. No ocean. Yeah. It's all a mirage. Yeah, dude. It's like, a, you're there. It's like, a trip. You think you're seeing a mirage. Oh, is that water I over can't there? breathe. It's not. No. It's not my kind of. But, <laughs> but being at Betty Ford, you know, which was a nice place, mm-hmm. paid an arm and a leg to go there. But they, you know, he, here's your beds made and, and yeah. everything's just taken care of. You yeah. Know? I remember seeing like a, a dessert table, like different mm-hmm. options, mm-hmm. crazy food, you know, and, and I got out of there and I went to the same, uh, to the airport and immediately you know just first thing it is go straight to the bar let me get a let me get a corona yeah you know what i mean just didn't didn't do anything but stay sober yeah for uh, you know a period of time 
Well, and, and it doesn't prepare you for the real world. None at all. At all. Like, no. you don't have, well, most people don't have maids at home cleaning up after no. them, making their beds, you know, doing all these things for them and keeping them in a <clears> bubble. And I, and I think that that's kind of, you know, where, you know, Elevate is, is, you know, making a change in a lot of people. And like I said, for myself personally, coming here and kind of having to deal with like, yeah, if you don't make your bed or if you don't do this or that, there's consequences to it. You know, just like in society, there's consequences to yeah. your actions, Yeah. you know, and so it just got me in the routine of this is what you got to do, you know, and, and now I, you know, live in life for the past five and a half, six years, um, you know, there's not really too many consequences, but now I'm just in that Habit. roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. not a day that's gone by that I've, you know, got up in the morning, gone to work without making my bed or cleaning my room, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, you lead by example. Yeah, I love that. You know, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, an an automatism for me in the morning. I'm just going to go ahead and and do do these chores and not even think about it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can think about a treatment center I went to early on. I mean, I was also 19 where it's like the concept of making a bed was still kind of foreign to me. The concept (laughs) of having a bed was foreign at that point. But I can remember like waking up. You know, I I, uh, I guess I'll paint the scene right. Like we would take trazodone, and like at every at night, everyone would smoke their last cigarette, and then you go to the med window, and I would get trazodone and Seroquel, and maybe maybe um what's the other one, clonidine or something like that, right? But I'm completely sober. Anyways, I get all these meds, and it would knock us all out, and we would wake up to these. We'd have alarm clocks, and they'd wake us up. We wouldn't wake up until five minutes before group. How come? Because we had no responsibilities in the morning. Yeah. Our only responsibility was to be at this first group at, let's say, 9 a.m. It might have been 9 or 8 or 10. I don't remember what time it actually was. But I never established like a morning routine, you know, and I can see the importance now of a morning routine. I know that when I wake up, you're not going to get the best version of me in the first 10 minutes, especially if I'm coming off all these psych meds or I just was knocked out for 10 hours. So looking back at it, I see kind of how unhelpful that may have been in establishing myself in like a morning routine, an independent person, a sober person, having my own space. None of that was was created there. And, you know, I, I could see the... I could see like the thought behind it of like, we'll take care of everything so you can focus on your sobriety. Yeah. But what we're saying is like, hey, this is part of your sobriety. This is part of you recreating your life. And this is important. So as much as I see like the reasonings for that, I don't think it's for everybody. You know, just like we said, make learn how to make your bed isn't for everybody else either. You know, we've seen people from the military come in and that's the least of their concerns. But those are the people that wake up at six and go for a run yeah. and make their bed and take read their, their book and meditate and take their vitamins and come to the health office before Mariah and Christina even get there. You know, they're like waiting, reading their book at the bench. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for my meds. Those guys already got that figured out, yeah. you know, but I would say a lot of the younger crowd does not have that figured out and yeah. it's vital. It's super important. Vast majority, I would say. And it is a, a learned behavior because like when we're out drinking and using, it's like the first thing to go is mm-hmm. either personal hygiene or our stuff and yeah. letting yeah. it go in one way or another. And so it really, you do have to like relearn how to take care of those things oh, and yeah. make them a priority. Absolutely. So Jeff, I got a question for you. Shoot. Well, yeah, let's see. We'll see how the question ends. I have something I want to say. I don't know how I want to say it. Yeah, no, but I'm essentially nervous. it's going right? to be something like this. 
<laughs> now I am too. Yeah, like, dude, what, what are you going to ask? What's going on? So <laughs> I could have went so many different places, but you oversee detox, right? Like you are the veteran counselor of the facility, right? And I mean that in a good way, not in like, uh, I'm about to like take you down a peg, like in a good way, you're in charge up there. So you have newer people, maybe newer staff members or newer uh, counselors seeking to become counselors and help people get off drugs. What advice do you give them on how to be more effective? How do, how do you help newer people, newer staff members, be effective up there in detox? Like what are some of the tools or tips that you give them that were effective for you from being up there for so long? Well, you know, a lot of times you get these newer staff members that come up there, you know, and they and they want to do a good job, you sure. know, and enthusiastic. Like we we're just talking about, we're you know, we become new to like responsibilities and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably what I put the most attention on, or, or my focus on, is just wanting to ensure these guys know that that what we're doing here, you know, is is. I don't want them to take things too serious, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't want them to, to look at things as a mistake. You know, we know what our intentions are. You know, we know what our goal is and we, you know, we know what's right and wrong. You know, something right. can come up and, and we got to make a decision and we know what's right and wrong, mm -hmm. you know? So I just want to make sure these people know, or these newer staff members know when they come up, like, you know, don't worry too much. Mm -hmm. You know about yeah. whether or not you're doing a good job, right? You know, one of the one of the words that I hate hearing is is sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know that because when when we're doing this, you know, we're learning mm -hmm. through our experience in doing this. So you know, whatever takes place, I'm here most of the time with you, especially when you're a newer staff or you're with somebody that's more of a veteran up in detox. Yeah, yeah. So they're there to kind of you know help you out through a process, and they'll take it over if if necessary. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's just all about wanting them to get some experience with yeah. the things that go on, you know, yeah. and not worry so much on whether or not they're doing it like properly working. or yeah. incorrectly, like, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, and we generally won't put somebody into a position that they're not prepared no, yeah. for. So, you know, it's not like we cast them out overnight and good luck. Yeah, no. and <laughs> but yeah. I can see, you know, they're so used to you know, a certain standard, like going through the program with themselves, how, you know, coming on to staff, they, they want to make sure they do all the right things. They don't want to screw somebody Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Especially people who've never had uh, jobs in this kind of field, which is the majority of our people, or even in the real world, work world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I like to say and kind of give them a rundown, you know, and just teaching them everything is, is a quote by, I think Albert Einstein said it. He says, you know, I don't, I don't teach my pupils. I merely create a condition in which they can learn. Yeah, yeah. I like and so that. that's kind of my my approach to everything is I just want, you know, things to take place where you learn through experience of what's going on. And yeah. I'm there, you know, to be like, hey, check it out. Mm -hmm. This is the way you should do it or that's the way you should do it. 100%. You know, try this out next time. Um, definitely not one that's like micromanaging like this 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 and this right, is strict right. like let's just see let's see how it goes you know and so you're more like mr miyagi do you have them like waxing on and waxing yeah off? Absolutely. do you have them doing little things wax that they're on, later wax gonna on. realize that translated to better care all my old 50s cars for sure <laughs> perfect i mean you know i i definitely with that being said, I don't ever like throw these guys into a situation without them witnessing me do it myself. You know, I'm not going to say, hey, 
let's bring all the, the clients out and let's introduce them to, to a mindfulness practice, you know, without these guys watching me do it. Right, right, a right. A couple of times, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of see how I go about things, you know, and say, hey, man, are you ready to do this? Yeah. You know, and, and again, remind them, hey, if you mess up, it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. you know. It is what it is. We'll do another mindfulness practice, you know, later on tomorrow or the next day, you know? And and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about is, is I want these guys when, when getting the newer staff familiar with how to do the job up there, um, I just don't want them to think that it's the end of the world Mm -hmm. when they do something a little bit different, you know, and just remind them, Hey, try it this way next time, you know? And, it's good because I do have other other staff up there that uh, are really good at their jobs and, and oh, yeah. can help out the newer staff members up there. So yeah, no, it's I good. love that, dude. And I think like underneath that question is more of kind of like what have you found throughout your experience to be helpful in supporting someone come off drugs? You know, obviously there's like the black and white like services delivery stuff that you guys do, but what have you found to be the most beneficial? in you supporting someone coming off drugs? Cause I would imagine, I think of that question, how do you support someone coming off drugs? You know, I would imagine the audience or people that don't have that experience would have no idea where to start, you know? So what does that look like for you? What is supporting someone coming off drugs look like for Jeff? Well, I mean, you know, each individual is different, right? You know what I mean? It could be five people up there that, that are all coming off the same thing, but mm-hmm. each one of them is going to handle it differently. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and they're all unique, you know. That's very um, true too. It's kind of just a, I freestyle mm-hmm. with these guys mm-hmm. in, in what they need. And, and, you know, somebody might just be a stubborn person and, and you approach them the way that's necessary. I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, yeah, you yeah. Would, we would kind of need to role play, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and have somebody here and maybe <laughs> show you how I go about it because, yeah. It's every, a freestyle. I think that, yeah, it's a freestyle. Nailed it. Well, yeah. and nothing replaces experience. There's like no person that could walk in with the same skill set that you have yeah. unless they do it for as long as you've done it. There, Nothing replaces experience. You've seen almost every type of personality yeah uh and situation coming off every point. type of drug for the most part yeah, yeah. and yeah. every combination yeah. thereof at every age and yeah 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 i've seen a lot and but at the same time you know you're gonna get once i think i've seen it all here yeah something else can always, come in, you know what always. i mean always i don't ever say that yeah. even after <laughs> in my years I, every now and then i'm like damn i haven't seen that yeah. one yet okay yeah, yeah but we haven't seen it all thank god you yeah. know one of the with it, I guess there's just kind of little different quirks that I use. Like, um, if if we're sitting here talking, and I'm gonna give an example of of my experience with mm. with you guys, I might say I went through this or I went through that. Um, a lot of times, in speaking with a group of, of detox clients or even just an individual, um, just replacing the word "I" with "we," yeah, yeah, you know, can be huge in helping them understand that you are familiar with what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and stuff like that. I mean, there's been times where I've smoked a cigarette with somebody I don't smoke and I'll do it just to, to kind of build you yeah. know, a little bit better rapport. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. you use what you got yeah, to, yeah. you know, kind of help people feel more comfortable. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. I think, I think <clears throat> that's a, it's a good question because it's hard to answer. It's, it's very like, hard what, to answer. What do you do? You know? And it's the same thing if someone asked me, how do you help someone in one-on-one counseling? 
I would say, well, it depends on what the problem is. Yeah. Like yeah. there's just, there's not one way to do it. And I think underneath even that is just connecting. Yeah. I was going like, to ask hey, you yeah. if there was, if I could say next on that one, but because <laughs> it is, it's a difficult question to ask. I, I mean, wish you like, just said, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to do it. So how do you support people when it's getting that. sober? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So I oh, mean, man. each, each individual is different, but you yeah. know, you do have, you do learn different tricks, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of work with different people. Yeah. So you mentioned we, so that implies you yourself have a bit of a past. You didn't just happen stands, yeah. uh, end up at Elevate no. just to work here because that was <laughs> the, the desired purpose you had in life and you knew it from day one. He saw the you, ad on a flyer and yeah, he's like, oh, you, dude, you actually, I belong yeah, there. We're, yeah. we're led here as well. Would you mind uh, telling our listeners what led you to Elevate to begin with? So to establish that we talk? Yeah, not at all. Uh, drugs and alcohol. No, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, an an alcoholic and a drug addict and and just somebody who wanted to spend, you know, any waking moment, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of removed from reality. You know, I definitely was somebody uh, prior to coming to Elevate that somebody would that would indulge in just about anything that was offered to me. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I struggled with mine. Opiates was was my my drug of choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was the most numbing drug that I could find to just kind of remove myself from reality and the responsibilities of reality. Yeah. Did it work? Check out. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes not and no. great, you know. <laughs> I mean, sitting here and talking with you guys, there's not, there's no way that I would ever go back and change anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's something else like I teach these guys up in up in uh detox when introducing them to mindfulness is is you know, mindfulness is the practice of of staying present, mm-hmm. you know, and just doing our best to stay in the present moment. You know, um and I tell them, you know, a lot of a lot of the anxiety that we deal with stems from thinking too much into the future and, oh, yeah. and a lot of depression that tends to come up stems from thinking too much into the past. But I also like to touch on the idea of, of thinking objectively, mm-hmm. you know, because things take place in our lives that we identify as like positives or negatives. Oh, yeah. And we have no understanding or, or no clue on what the outcome is going to be, mm-hmm. you know, so like. You know, sitting here talking with you guys, doing a job that I love to do, you know, and and looking forward to waking up every morning and helping people out. Who would have thought, you know, drugs, what I thought was the most negative thing ever, which they are, but would bring me to a point where I was like the most happy in my life. It's true. You know, same. I, I often weird tell formula. people and they think it's really weird. I was like, it's being a, a drug trip. addict was the best thing that ever yeah. happened to me. <laughs> I would be here today yeah. if I didn't yeah, go down that trip. path. Yeah. Dang Not dude. that we're encouraging or co-signing that to anybody. No. <laughs> we're very lucky that we found the right place and got put on the path that we were meant to be on. Yeah, don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's not the underlying <laughs> message I want people to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. now I feel like I have to say it. Yeah, don't do drugs. Don't do them. <laughs> I can't miss an opportunity to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that, dude. And I, I guess what interests me is like, well, I know my own experience with meditation and mindfulness, you know, and uh, so you're up there in detox and you got five people that are up there and, you know, they're coming off drugs. Detoxing. Yeah. Detoxing. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's what happens when you're detoxing. You're coming off something and you're trying to introduce mindfulness 
You're trying to introduce like just not being identified with our thoughts. You know, how does how does that go? What's the experience like there? Is it do you dole it down to like a super simple way? Are they open to it? Do they hate it? Like what's the general vibe up there with that? Yes. They hate it. <laughs> yeah. No, all, just yes to all everything. Of the above. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. all of the above. Hate yeah. it, love it. Hate it, love it. You're open to it. I mean, you'll have somebody up there that's just sitting there, right? For sure. Just sitting on a chair, or sitting outside where we generally practice mindfulness. And you bring the group out and say, hey, we're going to do some mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, no, hell yeah. no, I'm not doing it. It's like, dude, like mindfulness, for the most part, what we're doing up here is what you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. When they're when they're up there, I kind of give them a spiel almost yeah, yeah. every time we do it before doing it, and like reminding them why we're doing it. Type yeah, of thing. I make it very clear that look, dude, this is just a simple introduction to to a process that's you know part of the foundation of of elevate, you know, and and our main goal in doing this practice up here in detox is to just get you guys familiarized with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That way, when you get out of here. Um, and you start on your program and you get to the next step and you're asked to do things mindfully or practice mindfulness, a, a sitting meditation, you know, you're not like, what, what am I doing right now? You know, so right, it's, right, it's, right. there's no expectations. I don't expect you to, to, you know, get out of detox and just be the most mindful guru ever, you know, or anything like that. I just want you to know what it is. For sure. You know, I like to always, you know, tell these guys, you know, I'd make it analogous to working out in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that takes time, consistency, and practice in doing it, as well as, you know, the introduction up there is a pretty novice level of sitting and just being attentive to our breathing for a short period of time. But moving forward in our program, you know, we're going to be asked to introduce mindfulness into different activities. Yeah. You know, shooting some basketballs, you know, sweeping the stairs, eating a yogurt, mm-hmm. you know. So... It's, it's once you kind of explain to them that there's not a a high level of expectation and you can just kind of chill, most people become open to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that that. might be the hardest part about mindfulness is there's no test to pass. Like, did I do it? Did I make it? Like for me, that's what I struggled with. Like, how do you know if you're doing it right? How do I know if I'm getting there? Like, where, where's the marker (laughs) that says you passed? Like I was so used to just needing that validation Mm. that something was being done correctly. Yeah. And it's kind of theoretical, you know, it's like, how does it make you feel? And you got to learn to be okay with being okay with not knowing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, do you know what we were doing just now or what we, what our intentions were in doing right now? I say, yeah. Okay. Then you're, you know, you're being mindful, you know, that's about it. Yeah. And I think that's why I asked you the question because I think, I don't know, man. I think it's just like very... What is the word? Like, um, I feel a lot of pride that you do that up there with them. You know, like, I think yeah. it's a very, like, uh, courageous thing to try and do. Like, I think of trying to introduce this idea to a bunch of people that are already stuck in thought, that are already feeling shame and guilt for why they're in treatment or confused or whatever it may be. And it just, that seems so difficult for me. Like, if I had to do that, you know? So I think it's, very like honor like ah, heroic that you do that i think those would be the right words well, well there's there's a process you know with mm-hmm. the with clients that go through detox just like the phases in the program they're unspoken phases of the detox process you know yeah. i'm not gonna come grab a, a guy that's just you know needs sleep right, right you know right. And be like hey dude get up 
Yeah, you know, we're going to go practice to, mindfulness. Breathe. Yeah, dude, you got to come breathe with me. You know, but, you know, and once. He's like, dude, I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am breathing. Go make Leave me, me alone. peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> so once somebody's, you know, they start feeling better, you know, mm-hmm. and they want to prove that they're ready to, to move on and progress to the next step of the program, that's kind of the the sweet spot. That's the ideal time to kind of say, time. Yeah, hey, gotcha. check it out. Like, let's go yeah. and let me show you a little bit about what we're doing here. Yeah. You're like, dude, it's not that heroic. I promise. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I mean, when they're, when they first come in, you know, generally people aren't feeling good. Right. And so it's just, let's let them chill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they start feeling better, then it's like, all right, man, you know, you want to prove that you're doing well because they'll ask, Hey, what do I got to do to get out of this detox area? Oh yeah. Well, that comes up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a couple times. Yeah, they, they'll say, well, Hey, some people want to stay too, though. They do. Yeah, they that's, do. that's even funnier. Few and far between. The inverse. People do. They start yeah. feeling comfortable and they're just like, dude, can I just hang out up here? This program's sick. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> this cabin is beautiful. Let's go do some mindfulness. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they'll be like, check it out. Like, what do I got to do to get out of this area and start on my program? And. You know, give me evidence that that you're feeling well, that you mm-hmm. can participate in a, in a full day schedule. Yeah. You know, let's let's avoid our room or, or laying down in our bed. You know, let's participate in in all activities offered mm-hmm. to us today, um, and let's go from there. You know what I mean? And and obviously at the top of the list, you know, the introduction to mindfulness is is top priority up there. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I like that. Where do the games come in? They got to play games to leave. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, certain games, you know, Mandatory. qualify. Yeah, there's a there's a level. You have to win before you can go. Yeah, you got to beat me at cornhole, like to, <laughs> to get prove, out. Like that you're, you're like the final physically boss. doing well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to beat me at cornhole, or, or you know, you got to you got to yeah. beat Caitlin at ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. That's so. a tall ask. <laughs> we have a client up there who's been up there thirty eight days trying yeah. to beat Caitlin. You just can't beat her. That's yeah. a lie. I'm just kidding. You got a choice. You know, you could choose ten thousand against her or Cornell against me. It's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I like, love that. Tell our listeners why do we play games? Like, why is that even a thing? Well, you know, number one. I think it's very beneficial to to interact with people. You know, I think they're, we're kind of getting sober and, and mm-hmm. our brains kind of been suppressed with, with drugs and, and everything that's that we're putting into our body. And now we're getting sober and we're able to interact with people as well as, you know, we're in a new environment with people that we're unfamiliar with. So mm-hmm. let's get to know people and, and let's do something where we're not just sitting there, you know, being introverted on how we're feeling. So you know, games could be beneficial on a, on a few different levels. I think the interaction with people as well as, you know, offering an activity where, you know, we're not so focused on what's going on with us, mm-hmm. you know, and our outside life or, or how we're feeling discomfort in the moment. Yeah. You know, we can just kind of sit around and, and enjoy a game and kind of create some brain activity. That's what I'm thinking. Like it helps rewire that neuroactivity. So you actually have to like think about something other than feelings and problems. Yeah, absolutely. How do I beat this guy? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the games are extremely beneficial. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Some, some clients love them, some don't, but you know, we got other options too. You know, that's why we got, we got outside games playing cornhole or going on walks and such. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's like one of those things. I remember in detox, someone was saying like, 
getting some endorphins through exercise or playing some sort of activity, getting some sort of endorphin or dopamine will actually be beneficial because you're in a dopamine deficit coming off drugs generally. But it's like physically the last thing you want to do. It's like when you're withdrawing off drugs, the last thing you want to do is do anything physical because you feel so crappy. But it's just one of those like ironic parts of life where like the last thing that you want to do is the thing that will help you the most. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. So just another a testament to Jeff's job and how difficult it is. You know, you got people that, you know, coming off opiates like restless leg syndrome the last thing you want to do is move them you know they're already moving from the inside and we're like you want to go for a walk and play cornhole yeah not really jeff we're like dude what if i told you to help you know and you're like i don't believe you and then they play and they're like okay you get 20 minutes of like peace you get 25 minutes of not thinking about it like angie said and it's for some people that's invaluable you know just have someone pushing you to do the things that we know will help even though you don't want to do them yeah, I don't think that there's ever really been a time where you you get somebody to do something they don't want to do, like right, 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 play cornhole or go on a walk, you know, and they come back and you say, "How how you doing now? How was that?" You know, and somebody say, "I I didn't like it. Right, I hated right, right. that. No, yeah. yeah, doesn't happen. No, everybody's I needed that. Thank you. But I'm sure there's resistance at the beginning. Oh, almost always. Right. Yeah, and so unless they're crazy. at the end of their deal and they're. They know. They go. know how to get out. Yeah, yeah. they already had the how do I get out of here conversation. Yeah. They're, they're like, like signing people walk. up for the walk. Okay, Jeff, I talked to the, you know, I talked to everybody. We got seven people to sign up for the walk. Can we go? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, show up like at 7 a.m. and somebody's outside just tossing, tossing the cornhole bags in the air, just like, I'm ready. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to come in. Yeah. I've been up since four. <laughs> <laughs> so... Question for you, Jeff. Sorry for all the questions, but I mean, I guess it is. It is. It is a podcast. It is a podcast. Isn't that what this is all about? That's all it is, dude. Sorry. Yeah. So you've recently transitioned into a one-on-one counselor, a one-on-one role with the clients in the program, not just like a one-on-one role with detox. Yeah. Which are kind of two different things, you know. In my mind, the way I see it is like we're in detox. We're trying to like set the foundation, but we're also trying to encourage you to get through this tough period of time. Yeah. Now they're in the program. They're learning all the tools and the skills and they're looking into their past and they're trying to make monumental change. What are the differences that you've seen from giving counsel or advice from detox to now anything and everything like one-on-one counseling? You're like, Hey, you know, everything goes here. What has been like the big differences for you as far as like giving advice or being helpful or helping them navigate the two different situations? Well, I'd, I'd have to say that a good amount of the things you're kind of dealing with clients in detox yeah, yeah. are just not relevant. You know, they're just not important things that, you know, people <laughs> just want to have attention on, right, right. you know, that, that, you know, not to say they're not important, but they're just not in the moment things that right. need to be to be worried about. Right. You know, or like some, somebody comes in and they're like, I got to pay my, you know, my phone bill today. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, it's like four months past due. And it's like, dude, like, why is it got to be done this morning? Mm-hmm. Why is it so important now? Like you've been so in, you know. Right, right, right. So like a separation between that and just kind of dealing with people on, on you know 
their concerns toward may, maybe approaching a next process in their program mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. just kind of discussing, you know, the the evolution of their relationship with their parents yeah. or their wife or kids or, you know, and just kind of asking advice on things that, that matter, mm-hmm. you know, that are, mm-hmm. that are more important. Yeah. I would say that that's kind of the, the separation between the two is detox tends to be things that, you know, aren't the most important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times there's a, there's a, another issue that that's kind of behind whatever they're yeah it's not like the fundamental yeah. like issues no it's like the trauma is the acute you're just like doing triage up there yeah get them there and get them safe and then now let's move them into longer care yeah, treatment absolutely. let's find that underlying stuff yeah also what i'm hearing too is like there's less like <clears throat> problems right now like in the moment there's not that many problems someone comes down to your office you know, they've been in the program for about a month. They're learning. They're pretty acquainted to the space in the area. Yeah. And now you guys are diving in to the things that maybe they want to address. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what I was hearing that I thought or was cool. Or don't want to address but need to. Yeah. yeah. There's probably a lot of that too where you got to kind of push people to an area that maybe they're not wanting. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. how's that been for you? Like how do you feel about that? Is that, ex- is that more exciting? Is it more difficult? Is it... Yeah, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a newer process for me. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I'm getting my feet wet in it. I'm starting to feel more and more comfortable, you know, each yeah. week that goes by that I'm doing it. Um, and I really enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've been up in detox, um, you know, doing that job for, for so long that it's kind of second nature to me on, on how to approach everything. Right, right. Um, and this is something new. But I definitely, I, I love doing it. Um, I can't say that I like one or the other better. Right. I mean, right. I definitely feel they're like different. Apples they're and different. oranges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm making an impact in mm-hmm. someone's life and helping them out. Um, in in two different ways, you know. But yeah. I do like doing the one on ones and just kind of you know talking to people about you know hearing the next step. You yeah. Know? So I talked to my dad last night and I haven't spoken to him for you know nine months or a year and you know he just told me he's super proud of me and you know it makes me pumped and you know when we get out of here we're gonna do this or we're gonna do that you know and i'm really looking forward to it like i love that oh yeah that's that's amazing and and that's not something that you get at working as a up in the detox area you right. know, you're not going to get somebody to be like, hey, I talked to my dad last night and he's, and yeah. if you do, then More there's, like, there's like, a problem. Wait, how'd you get the phone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a problem you if dad? you did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, it's new to me, but I, I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm love doing it. And, you know, I get my guys that are in my caseload come up to me and they're like, hey, check it out. You know, they'll, they'll grab me outside of our, our sessions and just want to want to let me know, like, hey, I've been looking for you all day today. You know, let me tell you about this or this. And I'm pumped. Yeah, Yeah, dude. I love it that I'm the one they want to tell about. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you're also so cool. you're also the front line if something's going wrong too. Yeah, it's like where's yeah. Jeff? Where's my one on one? I need yeah. to talk yeah, to him Jeff? right now. Busting into other people's offices. <laughs> yes. Where's Jeff at? I need him. Yep. Yeah. So you probably see both sides of that, yeah. which can both be equally rewarding too. Absolutely. You know, helping somebody through a tough circumstance, and you got to talk them off the ledge and get them to rationally look at it and handle it. Can yeah, be just as rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it's. It's cool that you mentioned that they're different because I've kind of felt that way too, where it's, it's like this, 
I, I don't know. Like, what am I trying to say? Um, the like the one-on-one counseling issues. It's almost like they're deeper and harder, and you don't get like the immediate progress. That's kind of how I felt. Where it was almost like this long-term goal. Like they'd come in with something in the beginning and maybe nothing would change for two months. Yeah. But then two and a half months later, you see it change. And it's like this long thing where in detox, you'd see them go from like pale skin to bright eyes in five, six days. (laughs) It's like you're just catching these physical wins left and right, left and right. And so when I started doing one-on-one counseling, I noticed that. I'm like, damn, these problems are a little... A little more intricate, and they're taking a lot longer, and we're talking about them a lot over and over and over and over again. But when they hit, it's like catching a huge fish. Yeah. You know? Um, Mm. That's been my experience. It's definitely a little bit a longer-term process dealing with the one-on-ones, and I'm learning that that what's probably most effective is just organization. Mm -hmm. You know, working as a detox uh, counselor and and dealing with clients Mm -hmm. up there, you know, you come into a shift and you don't, you have no idea what's going to happen. Right, right. You know what I mean? (laughs) You could show up. Keeps you on the edge of your toes. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be like, today's all I'm going to do is play games. Getting a seizure, everyone's trying to leave. Yeah, and the next thing you know, you know, you're dealing with some crazy mess, you know, and somebody's just not happy or not feeling well, you know, they're all kinds of things can happen, right? So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. And, and in regards to doing the one-on-ones, I, I, I've noticed it's it's very beneficial to kind of be organized in the approach to it. So like, yeah. you know, you get your client and let's go over a treatment plan and yeah, how yeah. we're going to approach this and let's, let's identify some issues and some things that we want to work on, you know, and it's a longer process, mm-hmm. you know, but you know what you're doing, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah. going into doing a one-on-one session with, with somebody, um, both you and your client kind of have an idea of what that session is going to be about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. and kind of like once it's done until the next one takes place the next week, they kind of have homework. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the times is this, I'm going to work on this and we're going to make some progress here. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get together again and we'll talk about it and, you know, maybe we get a win and we accomplish what we're trying to achieve. Um, maybe we keep working on it. Uh, maybe we start something new. It just kind of depends. But oh yeah, um, I'm starting to notice being organized is is most beneficial because I'm not. I wasn't used to it before. Yeah, yeah. You, you just come in and let's go. Well, and whatever you're talking about dealing with whatever yeah. comes at you. There's no yeah. planning unless it's like, oh, we got to clean the cabin tonight. But yeah. other than that, they're just handling whatever emergencies landed. Yeah, absolutely. Not, and not emergency, more like new admission in a very, you know. Yeah, you could you could come to work and be like, all right, I've got three clients and nobody new coming in. I'm going to play some games and hopefully it's pizza day or hamburger, you know, something yeah, like yeah. just take it easy. And that's where your mind's at. And then you sh- you show up and within like 30 minutes, it's like, okay, we got seven people coming in. You got to move beds and this build bed. beds yeah. Yeah. Build that bed. guy's walking you need to yeah, go walk this with guy him. wants to leave you know and <laughs> so yeah i mean it's it's that can be crazy and with one-on-ones you can just kind of know okay here's where we're going i got one person we got Methodical. one goal yeah we're gonna try to get there and if we don't there's next week yeah you and, know? I, and that's how i mean that's how i work is kind of like in my personal life is more yeah. on the approach of 
how you go about one-on-ones is I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty organized and yeah, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I could pretty much lay out what I do every day, yeah. you know, um, outside of work, um, what I'm going to be doing at any given time of the day. So I like doing the one-on-ones and, and kind of being organized and, and knowing what we're working towards and having a little bit longer goals. I love that, dude. Kind of like golf. Kind of yeah. like why you like golf. That's such a tough sport. Tough sport, dude. Dude. Long sport yeah, to get and, better at. But you're right. I mean, it's hit or miss, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to plan it out. And I guess uh, one thing that I think is uh, important, or I guess I'll share you. I'll share one takeaway, or one. What, what am I trying to say, dude? I'm, I'm going to share with you. You got it, Dal. When he starts laughing like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, God. you got this, Dal. Well, I'm laughing at myself because <laughs> yeah. a, I'm like fumbling on like this goddamn microphone but also okay so when i started one-on-one counseling the first session of the day i would blow it out dude it would go two hours and i'd give them everything i had dude yeah and then the poor guy that i met with at one o'clock after lunch dude he got crumbs because i was just i had nothing left dude i would just empty the tank and so that was one thing that i had to learn is like you can't just empty the tank on the first session in the morning because I had a, I had two coffees and I was super excited, you know? So that was, that was one thing that I noticed that was difficult for me was like having to reel it in and knowing that there'll be another session. Yeah. There'll be another session. There's another one to come. And I didn't have to throw everything I had at them to make them change their mind right then and there because that's not how it works but that was just something funny that's why i struggled to get it out of my head because <laughs> i was like oh it's gonna make me look like a jackass but it's also important and it's also kind of funny so i was thinking of all that while trying to explain it at the same time <laughs> so there's that guys <laughs> so the lesson is jeff don't don't empty it all don't empty the yeah, tank on the first plane of the don't day empty yeah it all in the morning especially when there's like you have seven sessions to do you know <laughs> after one you're like I don't know if I got much left, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, and but that's something that, like I said, it's it's something that I'm already used to with kind of planning out what I do mm-hmm. throughout my day outside of work. Um, I'm able to do that um, when I'm doing one-on-ones. Right, You know, right, I'm right. able to, you know, driving into work, you know, as soon as I, before I get out of the car in the morning, I know, you know, what, how I'm going to approach the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what I'm going to talk to these guys about. You know, and I pretty much know how how long it should take, and and you know how it's gonna go, or, or how I hope it's gonna go. You know what I mean? Um, I do like that that approach to it. And there's been times that I'm definitely like, let's get into this, and, yeah. and get into it with somebody, <laughs> with and some then passion. you're like, wait a second, dude, we've been doing this for a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. You know, I got I got other things or other people that I need to meet with. Right. Well, and I think that ends up becoming a problem for some people because they just want to sit and talk to you all day. They yeah. don't want to do yeah. the program. They don't want to do the work. They just want to sit and talk with their one-on-one counselor. Yeah. And uh, and I notice a lot. some people can use that. I don't, I don't want to call it a crutch because you know, no matter what time they spend with you is going to be good time. But there's a bit of avoidance <laughs> of, of doing the work of the program because they'd much rather just sit and talk to their one-on-one counselor. That's true, too. And as well as I've got... Two different roles, and a lot of the people, you know, the guys that I am, their one-on-one counselor, um, has have 
has had experience with me as their, you know, somebody who's helping them through detox. Right. I'm a whole nother person right. in detox, you know, um, Maybe not so much anymore. I don't know now that I think about it. But <laughs> pretty, it's pretty similar. He's like, oh man, I'm pretty. Yeah, similar. now that I think about it, I'm pretty similar. But you know, I just am a little bit lighter mood right, in detoxing. Right, right. You know, I might crack a joke. I might say some dumb stuff. Right. You know, right. to make people laugh and just kind of feel a little bit more comfortable right. about being in a new space. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and you get a lot of shout outs for that. Yeah. Like, oh people yeah. Appreciate oh, yeah. that a lot from you. For that sure. is funny. That's never Guys come up jokes. until right now. How funny and lighthearted Jeff keeps it up there in detox. My like, serious is just not very serious in <laughs> detox. Yeah. It's not that I'm funny. My seriousness is just yeah. very low. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right mood for up there, though, because mm-hmm. it could be a very serious occasion yeah, if we allow yeah. it to be. Uh, but I think by keeping it light, it makes things more tolerable, especially for everybody. Because if everybody's in that serious, like, downer mood, that's infectious. Everybody feels yeah. that yeah. way. But when you keep it lighter and fun, it makes a, a hard process a lot better to get through. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's been times, you know, where you're you're with a client and you're just in it. You know, oh, yeah. just tears are flowing and, and are emotion. Huh? You're, are you the one with tears? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just you had know, to check. <laughs> they're just, you know, they're in it and you're in it with them, yeah. you know. And, you know, I've taken just kind of a... a left field comment yeah you know and and makes them laugh you know oh, and yeah. it changes everything you know you could have somebody that's i don't want to be here you know screw my family for this or that and just in it and pissed and you know you can just s- see a deer and be like dude look at the donkeys over there you know and, and <laughs> just something stupid like that they start laughing and the whole thing takes a turn yeah you know <laughs> I can't remember what staff member it was, but I remember he was newer to working at Elevate. And there was this guy, dude, and he was so mad. And he was, like, trying to leave. And this guy was, like, trying to talk him into it, like, talk him into staying. Like, dude, you could get so much. He was being so serious. And I was walking, like, it was on lunch break. And I walked past him, said, like, the stupidest joke, the dumbest side comment. It made the dude laugh. And then I sat down. I was like, why are you so mad, man? What's going on? He's like, oh, I don't even know. I can't even remember why. <laughs> and I was like, let's go get some food, dude. And like, we went and got like pizza or something like for lunch. And the, the staff member came up to me after and he's like, dude, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. But I've been talking to this guy for two hours, like about throwing everything I have at him. You come over for 30 seconds, make the dumbest joke in the world. And he stays and eats pizza with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. Sometimes it's it's just not about what you're saying, you know? Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. And the more you're trying to talk them into it, the more they're going to tell you yeah. why. I mean, I think about Keon, too. Like, who'd have thought? Like, every we could have the hardest cycle in the world, and there Keon rolls up and talks to them for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, I'll stay. He's just so casual and light about it yeah. that it's, like, non-threatening, I think. We had yeah. that with him the other day was was where we had a guy that was like, I don't, I'm not doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done, you know, and somebody else was working with him, and they were like, look. They're like being I'm, a little stern. I'm not getting through to this guy. Yeah. It's not really working. What should we do? And it was like, just Keon, you know, get, send your, in the jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get down there. Bring your keychain and get down there, man. And, yeah. And have him go down there. And, and I think it wasn't, but like maybe 15, 20 minutes it's later. Crazy. It's and crazy. the guy's like, all right, all right, all right, let's do this. <laughs> let's go. Keon got me. Yeah. 
yeah. strangest phenomena, dude. I still can't describe why it makes sense, but it does. It it's does, just, yeah. And we've seen it happen day in and day out yeah. where it's just like, man, dude, let the walls down a little bit, you know? Be a human being. Connect with another human. It's far yeah. more essential than, you know, the seven steps to, like, better cognitive health, <laughs> you know, or, like, pros and cons. Yeah. You know? We know why we do what we do, you know? It's not like I'm freaking parting the clouds for these people. Yeah. You know, but I yeah. just thought that was funny. Well, I think when they're out there, they're just so used to fighting and resistance. And yeah. then they get someone to fight and resist back. It just like makes that wall all the bigger. And you have someone else that comes along and makes fun of the wall. They're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why am I fighting this wall? That's kind of dumb. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, some people just, they don't even want anything else but to just kind of stir it up. Yeah. You know, let's just stir it up. Let's get argumentative and let's, you know, start just disruption. Yeah. You know, and, and they're used to the chaos, you know. And, you know, you you get them out of that dark cloud by something, you know, a light joke. And it's just, okay, that's, you yeah. got me. Yeah. You got <laughs> me. Let's, let's go get lunch. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's strange to think that like some of the most effective counseling is just humor. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Yeah. You know, who'd have thought? Like, I'm sure a comedian would make a great counselor. For sure. You know? I think about Scott, too, as a one on one counselor. He's he, hilarious. He's got these little one liners. He's so funny. Yeah. He's very serious, very smart, lots of degrees, but then he has this humor side of him. And I think that's why the clients love him as a one on one counselor because he just kind of says something that disarms you. And, <laughs> and you funny. don't expect it from yeah, Scott. Yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. He looks like, you know, Bill Gates. He looks like Bill Gates. He does look you like You know, Bill like Gates. he looks like he founded Microsoft and he like thinks in code. And then he just like says the funniest stuff, dude. It just gets you so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, dude. So I'm assuming you bring that humor into your one-on-one <clears throat> counseling as well or that lighthearted. He's like, ah, I can't confirm or deny. Yeah, I can't <laughs> confirm or deny that's something that takes place. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, but... but it's different with some yeah, people. Yeah. There's a lot of back and forth and just kind of laughing and joking. We're getting things done, but we're doing it lightheartedly. Yeah, yeah. And there, you know, there's other times that you're just, there's no room for it. It's just stone yeah. face and we're serious. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, we're getting work done and we're not going to, you know, yeah. I don't want to see your teeth. <laughs> yeah. We're taking this very seriously, yeah. Jeff. Don't make me smile. And that's cool. Cause you know, I can go either way. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever we need to do, let's do it. I like that. You know, we're gonna, well, and that's all about meeting them where they're at. Yeah, right? let's let's meet there. Yeah. So, Jeff, what has been your biggest takeaway from getting sober? What has getting sober done for you? Those are two different questions. You can answer either. What 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 were the questions? <laughs> we'll start. We'll start with just one. Say it again. Yeah, yeah. What has getting sober done for you? Uh, it's kept me sober for sure. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> you know. Probably the the biggest and most important thing, mm-hmm. you know, and and I can't stress on this enough is is relationships. Yeah. You know, that's that's something I've come to realize is is probably the most important thing in yeah. life. Yeah, you know, is relationships with the ones you love and you know the people in your life. Um, and you know, I've had nothing but you know positive interactions with the people in my life for the most part like my family you know being away from them I, I live a few hours away from them so 
I don't see him too often, maybe, you know, once every couple of months, like every two months or something like that. But anytime I talk to him on the phone or I'm visiting with him, you know, it's great. And opposed to, to prior to, to getting sober, you know, nobody wanted to talk to me, yeah. you know, and yeah, dude. you get a phone call and dad's like, well, is this, I got to bail you out of jail or mm-hmm. some, something like that. You know, um, I'd say relationships is by far my favorite part of being sober and what it's done for me the most. Um, as well as like working in this field, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun for me is, is working in this field as I've got, you know, close friends and family, uh, who know what we're doing here and what I'm doing here. Yeah. You know, I'll get a call and they'll be like, Hey, check it out. Here's what's going on. I need your take. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like being that guy for the family's crazy, right? Yeah. Like having your your brother who's seven years older than you, like calling and being like, "Hey, I need you know, dad and family advice." And I'm like, "Dude, yeah. I'm I'm single." And you know who you call? Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no kids, man. What do you want? <laughs> um, but no, but it's cool, like to to have them be like, reach out and say, yeah, "Hey, dude. man, what do you think of this or that?" And you're the guy. You're yeah. the guy I go to that's kind of has a, you know, rational mindset. You know, with without. You yeah, know, it's like the biggest compliment. Emotional. Yeah, I love that. You know? Yeah. You're you're like the authority in the family. Yeah. You're, oh, you're yeah. like the adult now. My the head. First, yeah. <laughs> the first time my parents asked me for advice, I was like, God, yeah. I'm sober. You know? Like, like wow. <laughs> what's this going on? is a little different. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that happens too. You know? It's just like, hey, so me and your mom kind of got into it over this. What do you think? What's the approach I should take moving forward? <laughs> Like, dad, dude, you guys have, you know, you've been together longer than I've been alive. Yeah. Like, you know, dude, I don't know. I'm not married. Dad, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no clue how to approach that. Why are you asking me that? Uh, no, but I'll get, you know, I'll give it my, my best cents. effort. Yeah. You know, here's what I think. <laughs> are your parents still together? They are. So it's yeah. great advice. Yeah. Good job, Jeff. You're the glue. Yeah, I won. You <laughs> won, job. dude. You won yeah. the game of Sound life, advice. bro. Perfect. Yeah. The, I'm the reason. Why? <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised that they are because of me. Yeah. You know, you would, I think that that, you know, talking about relationships and it's not just mine with my family or close friends that that are, you know, out there um, or that I've gained since being here, but it's also, you know, the relationships that, that I've impacted in a negative way as somebody who's indulging in substances, Mm -hmm. like my parents, you know, being that they, I just see them now. Yeah. You know, and they, they get along so much better. Yeah. You know, they're so much more happy like doing stuff like just golfing all the time or going fishing. And, you know, before that wasn't. They're that all wasn't, worried about yeah, you, dude. Fighting each other because of me, because they both had a different approach to how they felt things Would should be handled. Would help you yeah. or something. Yeah. My mom's very like, you, you know. Let's hit him in the head with a you know bat. with a bat. He'll get it, you know. Hopefully he'll get it together by that. And my dad's just like, let's see how it plays out. Yeah. You know? Let's see if we do nothing and she'll change. Yeah, maybe maybe some people were just born to be drug addicts and alcoholics. Your mom's like Maybe that's his life. Your mom's purpose. not willing to accept yeah, that. Yeah, my mom's yeah. like, no, no, I'm gonna go hit this kid in the face. Yeah. <laughs> So they had, you know, they LaCroix. had two different. Yeah, let, let's clarify. <laughs> Not a beer. Dallas was just opening. <laughs> to the audience, people actually drink other things besides beer. Yeah, LaCroix. This is a LaCroix. LaCroix. Dude, those are nasty. 
I don't oh, like yeah, them. They I don't are. like them yeah. at all. You're like, oh yeah, let me sip it. Yeah, but so is beer. Beer is disgusting. Absolutely. Tastes like crap, man. Tastes like Love beer. It. Tastes <laughs> like beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Learn taste. Acquired taste. Anyways, so, Jeff, why do you, why do you like working at Elevate? Like, what what what's kept you around this long? You Did know, you know you always wanted to help people? Was that like a, something you were born with, and this kind of sparked or reminded you, or is this something new you found? No, I've I've been told that. Like, I've had you know sh- short stints in my life of of doing different things. Maybe <laughs> it's like teaching snowboarding, or, or I was helping you know a teacher's assistant in elementary school, you know. And I was good at that. And I'd been told, like, dude, you are great at helping people out. Um, I didn't really take much to it. Just like, okay, whatever. You know, sure, mm-hmm. good. Um, but at the end of my program at Elevate, there was a question that was asked. And the question was, you know, what role are you going to play, you know, in the fight against drug addiction and, and alcoholism? And at that time, I was like, dude, there's nothing I can do, really. Like, I'm not going to go out and try to help somebody yeah. who's in it. Like, no, that's not that's not good for me this early in recovery. So, like, in my mind was be an example of mm-hmm. somebody who, you know, was once, you know, shooting heroin and is now living a productive life and helping others. So I had the idea that I was like, all right, I'm going to just spend some more time here and kind of show people that are new to this that it's possible and mm-hmm. be an example that it's possible. Um, but over time, when you start impacting people's lives, you know, and they like come up to you and they're like, hey, if it wasn't for you, I'd be gone right now or, you know, this or that. And you're just like, oh, that's it. Like that feeling you get is, is that's it. I remember being pretty new in the detox area, new staff and, what had taken place was there was a, a a girl client who struggled in detox and and she struggled in her program as well. Um, and there was a couple times that you know I had been asked to kind of come help her out because I'd helped her out in detox. Um, and then the day that she she graduated, her parents came up to me. Her dad came up to me, and he pulled me aside and he was like, "Look, I just want to let you know, like I don't." know if you know the impact you had on helping her Mm -hmm. um but you know you you helped us a lot as a family in in helping her stay here and stay committed to this and and you know getting sober and just having like somebody else not just the client but somebody else outside the family saying that i was like dude this this is what i meant to do like i love this you know, I love helping people out, and and at the same time, it's it's a selfish reason because it's helping me out too. You know, you're you're surrounded um, in a community of people that are that have the same priorities. Oh yeah. You know, and I'll tell you, in my addiction, I thought that was the cure that that could help me. Like I was like, okay, if I live, I grew up in Las Vegas, and yeah, in yeah. Las Vegas, I'd say probably the the biggest thing that everybody has in common there is just money like Mm -hmm. let's get paid you know um so i was like if i could move to a place like the mountains where everybody's there for the mountains like it'd be a lot easier like you can you can 
bond with others because everybody has the same priority and that didn't work Mm -hmm. you know so okay if i move to the beach and everybody's living at the beach because they're there to enjoy the beach and the ocean you know maybe that'll work nope um but coming here in in finding a community of people that everybody whether you're brand new in detox or you've been here several years um that has the same priority you know the same thing in common. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing that that keeps me going and keeps me here is is just the community yeah. of people that that have the same priority, the top priority. Let's just stay sober yeah. and have fun doing it. Yeah, yeah, and help like others that. get sober and help others. Yeah, I like that, dude. People helping people. Yeah, yeah. fires me up, man. Yeah. Well, and you know, like uh, all of us, we respond better to people who've been through what we've been through. Absolutely. Not somebody who read it in a book and is telling us what to do. Yeah. We respond to each other, and that's why it's such an awesome reciprocal thing that we're all helping people who are just like us, and that's why it feels right. Yeah. And that's why clients respond because it feels right to them too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have my own personal experience with that going through other treatments. And I remember sitting in a group, I'm sitting in a group with a counselor and there's like these kids that are going to school, you know, uh, for, to be, you know, help out in drug and alcohol treatment. And, you know, none of them had any experience in, in indulging in substances and just sitting there and this kid's giving me feedback out of something he read out of a book. And I was just like, dude, I'm not going to listen to you. You have no idea, you know, but when you're somebody that's like, I slept in that same bed, Yeah. you know, I, (laughs) let me tell you what helped me get through my detox in the same place you're at right Mm -hmm. now. People, you know, clients respond to that. They do. You know, they're, they know like I can listen to this person because they've got experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's helpful. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, dude, Jeff, it's uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think you've impacted a lot of lives. You've helped a lot of people. You've helped yours along the way, like you said. And that's something to be proud of, dude. It's something to wear with pride. And I think you do. And keep doing, uh, keep doing the work, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just say we we absolutely positively love having you on staff. I know I can always count on you to even tell a joke to me and make my uh, stressful day a little bit brighter, a little bit funner, a little bit nicer. And so I appreciate the heck out of you. I also love uh, the absolute, like we know if something needs to be done outside of work hours, outside of your position, outside of any of it, it doesn't matter. We call no. Jeff and Jeff's going to say, yes, what do you need? How can I help? And and let me be that person. You're amazing like that. And we know we can always, always, always depend on you. And I really appreciate that. And thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity to, to do this, yeah. you know, so it's, it's great. Thank you guys very much. All right, guys, that's our show for today. We hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.